So what you're all saying is that you love a song that I wrote in my future. Which is in your past. But we're all here in this present. Which is actually the past? Exactly, gentlemen. (laughs) Ooh, fascinating. I am Dirk S. Preston Esquire, and joining me, as always, is Mikey Theodore Logan and Marcy Dennis Caleb McCoy. Hello, and welcome to the movie mixtape. How are you all doing? How are you doing, Marcy? Oh, shit. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. This is episode 48 of the most professional podcast in the history of the known universe, the movie mixtape. And we are rounding off our. Vacation mix with the bonus mixologist pick, which came to me this week. Uh, well, if you don't know about that, listen to previous episodes. But it was a random selection out of the three of us. It came to me, and eventually we will be doing 2020's Bill and Ted Face the Music. But before that, Mikey, please bring some decorum and dignity <laughs> back into this conversation. How are you doing? Yeah, we're going to keep that tape. Right, we, we we're, yes. we're going to keep. Okay, let's just keep. Okay, <laughs> got it. Dirk, I um had a rough week. Oh no! Yeah, but I was very much looking forward to a Bill and Ted movie at the end of that mm-hmm. week. So thank you for picking mm-hmm. that. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I feel like I should apologize for Marcy. I don't know why. I just feel like I should. <laughs> That's probably a common thing for people who know Marcy, feeling like they need to apologize for her. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) I just want to say really quick that anytime I want to do something for my grandmother, Dirk, like, gets pissed off. (laughs) Sentimental mix. Nope. Can't have that. Go to a nice pool party in honor of my grandmother. No, can't have that. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with picking movies in honor of your beautiful grandmother. But if you're asking me to be part of something called a sentimental mix, I have no idea what I'm picking. Okay, so no, it ain't happening. Figure a different way to brand that, and it's all all good. It's all good. But yeah, you've been on a pool party, sticking mm-hmm. your young kid in the water, seeing how mm-hmm. they like it. How did Kyle like going in the water? Was she all right about it? She had she had a lot of fun. It was really cute. I had a I had a good time. So, what did yep. she say? She said, "Ah, blah blah blah." Classic, <laughs> classic, Kaya. <laughs> You should have just recorded from the pool party. We could have just heard for ourselves. Background noises of splashing water and kids running around. 
<laughs> on location, we could do that. That could be uh, on location mixtape. We're just throwing out ideas, aren't we? When I say throwing out ideas, literally throwing out any idea Marcy has because it's garbage and then sticking with our ideas, Mikey. Okay, <laughs> that's what we're doing. It's actually been quite a long time since we've recorded, but you wouldn't know it because yeah. of our incredible release schedule. It's all oh, I think we were going to say professionalism. No, <laughs> it's all smokes and mirrors. You think we've been doing this every two weeks recently but no oh no we've had about five weeks off five weeks mm-hmm. can't even recognize their faces anymore they've grown up so much <laughs> you've all grows up you two i'm proud mm-hmm. of you it's official we're back though we are back i think people <laughs> thought like a couple you know episodes they were like you know popping here and there but i think they caught they got they understand now we are back this is serious mm-hmm. we're on a roll mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> it's in the public conscious now Consciousness yeah. now. Conscious? Consciousness. And little do they know, it's falling off the rails right now. They don't even know. <laughs> all it took was Marcy to be one hour late to record it, and that was it. And then, and then all of a sudden, nobody can speak. <laughs> Thoughts can't be put together. Marcy's just staring at the screen like she's I'm lost laughing. all hope. Like she's I'm lost laughing. all hope. Marcy, why don't you, speaking of the pool party before that, you, you were saying that you the word got out about movie mixtape. Oh, and you yeah. had family members talking about I, yeah. yeah, so a couple of family members were actually listening to it, uh, the, the podcast, and my mom's cousin's husband was like, oh, Mikey just joined. And I was like, oh, shit, you are listening. <laughs> like, And then uh, everyone was saying they, they love Dirk. Of course they did. So, oh, of course. Um, yeah. Americans. So, that was nice. No, do- <laughs> Dirk, let's send some cameo videos to Marcy's family after this. What I would like to say is to all of Marcy's relatives who do love me, I love you too, okay? I love you too. No, don't listen to what Marcy's been saying behind my back about my attitudes and that sort of thing because I embrace everyone and I love you all. Thank you. Thank you. What episode were they listening to at the um, the pool party? The uh, The most recent Turtles. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 Good one, that, yeah. isn't it? I feel yeah. like we're sort of, I mean, we're not, but we are, but we're not, but we are the official Turtles podcast, are we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if 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 Leonardo was looking for a podcast to guest on, he'd probably hit us up first and we'd turn him down because he's the worst one. And we'd say, <sighs> get one of your mates to come on, wouldn't we? We'd do that. Marcy nodded. Marcy nodded and right at me. And Mikey looked disgusted. Just to give you an idea, just to give you an idea of what the the room was feeling when I said that. <laughs> the official Turtles podcast of anti Leonardo. We're going to start a new pod called "Where Are the Turtles." <laughs> mm. We're not we're not an- anti Leonardo. No, no. We just wouldn't have him as a guest on our podcast. It's not the same thing. Okay, we just wouldn't want to speak to him. But he's all right. He's all right, isn't he? Not as good as Raphael Donatello or Michelangelo. All right, right, Kate Nash. (laughs) Disclaimer, Dirk's Dirk's opinions are are his own. No, (laughs) do not represent those of the movie next tape. What else have we been getting up to? Oh, I tell you what. When we were on a break, I went on on an holiday. And um, Mm. I discovered something quite upsetting, to be honest. And something that has really shaking me to the very core of my being. I've discovered I'm quite old. <laughs> and, yeah. And that 
I used technology like an old person. <laughs> I was, we were sat on this aeroplane going up into the sky and it was like, it's like three seats and there's, there's four in our family. So there was the three of them sat together and I was sat on the aisle seat adjacent to them. And okay. I was sat next to two young people, right? Two young people. They, I don't know how old they were. They could have been any age from about 18 to 27, but they were young. That's the important thing to remember about this story. And then the, the people come down the aisle selling you their wares. You know, do you want to buy a small can of Coke for £2.50 or some alcohol? And it's a flight full of British people, so everyone's going for the alcohol. And then um, these girls next to me, they're buying some stuff. They're buying like massive packets of chocolate because they're young and they can do that. They can just do that and not worry about type 2 diabetes. And they're getting it. The woman's handing them the stuff and, and they just like swing their phone over like this, swing it. And it pays, it pays, it pays for the food, right? I'm going, oh, bloody hell. How have they done that? And I know about Apple Pay. I'm not stupid. I know about <laughs> Apple Pay, right? But I thought Apple Pay, when you did it, you literally had to have your face over it. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> your face over your phone. <laughs> when it hits the receiver thing. So, like, for, like, the last five years... Like we've been doing drive through McDonald's. I'm craning my face out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> like to try and what's the word I'm looking for? Switch on switch on the bloody Apple Pay. Because I'm thinking like I've got to get I've got to get my how am I getting my face? How am I getting my face over this phone when it's like right out of the car? And I'm doing it. And nobody's correcting me. No one's going, old man. Do you know how to use your phone? <laughs> so I've just been doing it. No one's even seemingly bad an eyelid, but I learned off these girls. So that's not how you do it. You can preload your face onto it, so you just click it, look at it, and then it's good to go. Preload so your I, face. Yeah. So I, I came to the realization I was using my phone like a forty-five-year-old man, uh, but now I use it like a forty-three-year-old man. So it's much better. So that was my adventure when we were on holiday. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being flippant about it, but that's changed my life, that has. That's changed my life. And now every time I pay for something, I'm really proud of myself. I'm like, really? <laughs> look at the way I just paid for that. Looking like the Fonz in Happy Days, like I didn't have a care in the world. <sighs> I love it. It takes a big person to admit that. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to admit it because growth is important in this life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And if we stay stagnant, what's going to happen? We're certainly not going to unite the world and save all of reality, are we? I'm actually proud of you that you do that. A lot of people our age, older gentlemen, will be anti-putting their information into their phone and their bank account. They think that somebody's going to be near your phone and be able to take all the information. Yeah. You know what? But I see people who have, like, you've got a mobile phone and they've got the mobile phone cover, and then they put their credit card in between their phone and yeah. the mobile phone cover and they use that i'm like mate that is way more dangerous yeah exactly. like if somebody pinches your phone now they just can just flip 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 and they can pay for whatever they like they can play for whatever they like if you have to like engage your face in your phone to switch it on it's harder that isn't it unless they've carried unless they've got you like you know headlock and they're taking you around all the shops and they're gonna go like to pizza hut and they've got you in a headlock like that. 
Yeah. Well, you know, thanks. Thanks, Mikey, for <clears throat> validating my existence there with that. You know, similar <laughs> lines, I, uh, I will add, because I didn't really add anything to the banter, that uh, I did give my uh, kids, and it's now my daughters, a cell phone because they were doing a camp for a week. And somebody was telling me, like, you don't want your kids to be behind technology. You want them to be able to learn things and, you know, and she's eight years old and she's texting machine now where she like lets me know things. She's jiffing things. She's sending emojis all the time. And it's like all, it sounds like talking to an adult and it's like a different conversation or a different relationship you have with your kids. So I think if anybody's out on the fence about giving your kids technology, I think uh, embrace it. It's going to happen. We've, I think yeah, I've shared some too. Yeah, you have. You, uh, you shared that yeah. one, didn't you? Um, yeah. Yeah. Bet doesn't fun. have a phone. Does Kaya have a phone yet? I see. <laughs> no, we don't even have a tablet. We had this discussion before I left on my holiday. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, we don't even have ta- We don't want tablets, but eventually one day we'll get there with Kaya. But we don't want any. We're okay. I don't think they're, I think it's just part of their growing up. I think like we were like the type of generation where like, oh, technology, and you have to like have these conversations about weaning off and not doing it too long. I feel like the next generation is going to be like, you know, it's just part of life. It's not really something that's. That they're going to be compelled to do. What do I know? I'm fucking. What do I know? <laughs> oh, you're right. I think you're right. I think it's just yeah. there, isn't it? It's just yeah. there. I, I don't feel like we're going to hit Wally territory in the next two generations. <laughs> I think we're we're yeah. safe from that. Um, we none of my kids have phones, but bets just have a tablet, and it is so useful, Marcy. I'm not going to lie to you right now. It's so incredibly yeah, useful. Yeah, it's like a a Game Boy for a kid, basically. I wish it was like a Game Boy for a kid. Cause then I'd be then I'd be stealing it off of her. Then I'd be then I'd be playing me Tetris and all that sort of stuff. When I, you know, those games on the Game Boy, you know those, Marcy, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> oh boy! So now that we're all appropriately caught up, I think that we're going to get on to the movie. Marcy, are you will you with us still? Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do uh, 2020's film Bill and Ted Face the Music so the idea of this mixtape that Marcy came up with was the best film you've seen uh, whilst we were not recording and we've already had one pick each so this is something that I picked that I really enjoyed when we were off and I thought it was a nice end to the mixtape so yeah, Bill and Ted face the music, and I am frantically searching for my synopsis, but I found it now. I was filibustering there a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> it's paper. I heard paper. You wrote this down in paper. Mikey, this is how you're supposed to do a synopsis. Wow. What do you think we do? That, that's wow. what I do every week. I mean, or Mike, whenever we, type, we type when up. I have wow. to do this. So, not every week. That's amazing. Mikey's got it written on his hand when he's doing it, <laughs> like in school. You don't... Do this? That's beautiful. Beautiful. Read my hand there. So here we go. Synopsis of Bill and Ted face the music. Um, We've all been there in high school. You think you'll do something so excellent that it will unite the world. You'll even go to hell and back to prove it. Then all of a sudden, you're in your forties, playing that which binds us through time—the chemical, physical, and biological nature of love—an exploration of the meaning of meaning. Part one. And you realize it's not going to happen. But nothing forms a diamond like pressure. 
specifically finding out you have 77 minutes, 25 seconds to write a song that will finally <laughs> unite the world. Oh, and save all of reality. Uh, that last bit is new. So do you, A, use all of the resources allocated to you and through sheer hard work and determination, write the most majestic hit in the known universe? Or B, steal a time machine in the vain hope a future version of yourselves will have already written said song, which you could then steal and bring back to present day. And this is a Bill and Ted film, you know. In the end, it'll all come down to being excellent to each other because being excellent is absolutely contagious, but it's also genetic. And the genes are strong in little Bill and little Ted. They want to back up their dads, but the reality is reality is theirs to save with a little help from Jimi Hendrix. Bill and Ted face the music from 2020. That was the synopsis of the movie. Excellent. So there we go. Most excellent. Most excellent. I wanted to start off by saying, um, or asking, what's everybody's experience with Bill and Ted? Is I it think something I that realized is- when I saw you guys, uh, I think, watching Bogus Journey. I'm trying to remember if I watched Bogus Journey, but Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was one of those. Um, in my Letterboxd review, I talk about how it was like used for. <laughs> educational purposes because they go back in time and get historical figures and my experience was it i almost felt like it was a made for a classroom movie <laughs> the first time i watched it i didn't realize it was actual like theater theatrical release until years later <laughs> that's amazing but it seemed like a template like later on when like wayne's world came out and like beavis and butthead i felt like i'm sure it happened before there's a there's a bunch of comedic duels but I think Bill and Ted came out first. They were the first one to kind of make that template of like a, a rock rocker type of teenage Jeff Spicoli type of surfer dude <laughs> type of mentality. I think it was a bit of cultural zeitgeist in that um, Bill and Ted were definitely conceived before Wayne's World. I think Wayne's World hit Saturday Night Live like just before the Wayne's World, uh, just before Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure came out. Uh, but I think it was, yeah, conceived before all of that. But it was very, they're very similar, aren't they? Uh, sort of hitting the screens at the same time, um, and sort of affected the the common language. But yeah, Marty, what what about you? Uh, so I had never seen any of these until like the last couple of years. But I have a funny story about Bill and Ted face the music. Um, so during COVID, I had a group of friends that we would rent out movie theaters like you know remember when you could do that during covid and you could have only like 10 people and you all had to sit far apart away from each other and you could rent like old movies so we would take turns like pick a movie somebody would pay for it the next week somebody else would get it but every damn time they played the trailer for bill and ted's (laughs) (laughs) it was like i i have seen this movie i feel like but it did finally get me interested to watch them so i ended up watching the first one during the pandemic and I had a good time and then I don't know what happened, but I never got to the second one until this week and I loved it so Mm. much. The second one was amazing. Uh, Specifically because of the Grim Reaper. I don't know. It just reminded me so much of Gremlins too, where they just doubled down on so much weirdness (laughs) in the second one. And it made me so happy. Uh, and then I watched uh, the third one this morning because I was scrambling. So go <laughs> me. <laughs> I understand Marcy not perhaps seeing them before. Um, 
mm-hmm. but because of her age. That's why I said I, that's, I had to get that in there if people because people might have thought I meant another reason. I don't know what they would have thought. But Mikey, you're a meme about the same age, so I'm mm. surprised you didn't kind of grow up with it. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why too. It's a good question. I will say Too it cool. was funny that I started this movie on Prime. It was on Prime, and then I started it maybe ten minutes in because I knew we were doing it for this podcast. Come to find out this morning, I had to rent it because it was no longer available for free. So that's my sacrifice for the pod. I just want to let you uh, know. Overnight, <laughs> it went off of Prime overnight. No, nah, it was probably like a two week difference, but still, that mm-hmm. happens to me a lot. Where I'm watching something at the, especially at the end of the month, and then you go to continue mm-hmm. watching, and it's just no longer there. Listen, if if Mikey could just put his current watching list out online so we can all make sure that if we're watching <laughs> something he's watching, we get to it and we finish it before it gets taken off streaming services. My experience of Bill and Ted is a little bit more uh, intimate than that, Ooh. I guess. So I saw Excellent Adventure by accident in the theatres. We were on holiday. Um, we were at a place where they had films on every night. And one of them was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. So I went to to watch it, though, because you know I went to watch all the films when we were on holiday. And I remember just being absolutely blown away by it and just think, having such low expectations. It sounded like, it sounded bad, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I thought, I'm not going to like that, but what, whatever, I'll go. I'll go. But just like, I loved it. The, uh, the, the finale, when they do their history report. So Excellent Adventure is... Bill and Ted, these two high school students who um, have to pass history with an A plus to um, finish high school, I think is and but turns out they are the saviors of the world and people <laughs> from the future travel back in time uh, to give them a time machine to help them finish their history r- report and it all culminates in this um, oral presentation with historical figures such as Napoleon, Billy the Kid, Sigmund Freud, and I loved it. It was it was amazing and then um you couldn't turn your head without seeing something bill and ted related i remember there was bill and ted's excellent adventures cartoon series um there was bill and ted um cartoon uh a comic sorry nintendo game uh, nintendo game exactly and then by the time bogus journey came out it was big it was big business, especially in, in my neck of the woods. We were up, so, so whereas Excellent Adventure was under the radar, Bogus Journey was anticipated. And yeah, like Marcy said, it's just so much fun. And it feels like, you know, the first film is this time travel adventure. And then the second film is just ridiculousness lumped on top of ridiculousness. And we get to meet Death, the Grim Reaper, who is fantastic and hilarious but that was a long time ago that was like 89 and then like 91 or something like that and then so here we are like almost 30 years later and the the sequel's coming out and i gotta admit like i was not interested it's like why do we need another bill and ted now you know keanu reeves and alex winners they're like they're proper old aren't they what are are they still (laughs) going to be saying dude all the time and party on and and all of those different things so i didn't watch it for a good couple of years and then i saw a couple of reviews from people that we know that i kind of trust that said oh no it was it was all right and i think i talked last time how i could be easily swayed by reviews one way or another (laughs) um so i sat down with it one day when we were off so fairly recently in the last six months and by the end of it i was sobbing sobbing that these oh, boys wow. and this family wow. had done it and it felt like 
a warm mm. embrace from people I grew up with that I knew that I doubted, that I bloody doubted could still do it. And yet they, they not only did they do it, but I think if we compare this film to the previous two, the thing that this film does is it very much is much more sort of inclusive and mm. um, diverse. It's not just Bill and Ted. It's like Bill, Ted, the family, everybody sort of involved. And, and I think that just made it even even um, more emotional for me. Yeah, mm. so that, that, that's, my, that's my backstory with Bill and Ted, and that's probably how, how I got here. I do want to say my backstory with Bill and Ted that I forgot to mention was I associated it with my first kiss where Ooh. I <laughs> – because we were watching it for school in Mr. McGee's like history class, he put this on, and on I think he did like a whole week of it. And we powered through it, and it was like the Friday where the movie ended. And then I was uh, going to one of my first like parties. Um, it was like the cool kids, and they had like a pool party, and it was at night. And I was going with my kid in the neighborhood, um, and he was meeting up with his girlfriend. He leaves to go into like you know with his girlfriend somewhere, and who knows what they were doing. I'm walking through the party, like trying to be cool. I see one girl who is the friend of this girl that I'm supposed to go to a dance with, but I never talked to her. We only talked to each other through this, through this friend. And so I see the friend and she's coming to give me a hug and our faces sort of did like the, you know, turning at the same time. And I, my lips touched hers for like a good, like <laughs> one or two seconds. I was like, oh, oh sh- that's awkward. And I know she, I know it was like a kiss because she was like, uh, okay. Like I, she registered it too. I was like, whoa, my, I'm hugging her. I'm like, that was my first kiss. I'm off. I'm like, I'm like looking for places to go inside this party. Like there's nobody, I'm, I'm awkward. I'm, I'm feeling like every, the spotlight's on me. One of those type of feelings. Go inside. Uh, the New York Knicks are in the playoffs now. No, they're in the finals. <laughs> this is the finals. This is game five. Um, and I, I, you know, I was torn to whether or not I was going to watch the Knicks or go to this party. I go to the, some, I end up going to the party and I'm feeling like regretful. I had a friend that was a Knicks friend. We watched all, all the games together. I'm at this party. I'm feeling like a loser, had my first kiss. And I just want to like put my head in a hole and inside the house, the parents are watching the Knicks game. And I was like, can I just sit down and watch game five? so I'm watching with like the dad on the couch. I'm watching game five of, of the Knicks versus the Rockets. This is the night of also the OJ chase. Oh so my in the God. middle of the game, they cut to OJ's chase. And now like the parents are like, you know, I'm sharing this moment with like these strangers parents inside this house, a whole like teenage parties going on outside. I'm on the, <laughs> I'm on the couch glued to the OJ chase. And, um, so we all know that story, but. Um, but it's funny how I associated Bill and Ted with those other two things also when I when I look back and think about Bill and Ted's. I had recently watched it with my kids and I was thinking about this story and connecting wow. all those dots. Formidable years. Anyway. Uh, but I, I was listening to that story then thinking, Mikey, God, you've told us this story before. Um but no, I've just realized I, I just realized you haven't told us that story before. That was your letterbox no. review of excellence. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i knew it because it was the most beautifully written movie review i've ever yeah, heard you with could cut. That. i write better oh than gosh. i talk to cut that, this whole no. bit out just go to just link no <laughs> no it's no way staying in. how did you feel then watching this movie because i think marcy you did similar to me you watched the other two movies leading into it mikey did you just watch it cold well i would say like with you i had no interest because it was it felt like the time when 
I'm trying to think of other movies. Coming to America 2 kind of pops in my head, but there's like streaming war movies that were happening for the nostalgic vibe that were just kind of like, what was the purpose of them being made? And I kind of lumped this into those type of movies. So I didn't really have interest to watch them. Um, and when it started, I'll say that it, first of all, Keanu should not shave his beard. I will say that. Like he just, he just looked very different. And I, I was kind of thrown off. And the beginning of the movie with like the daughters, which is, which was cute. And I love that they had kids. They felt like they were doing Bill and Ted impressions and it kind of felt awkward. I will say like the, um, tone of the movie was, it was, took me a minute to understand because a lot of the premises were hilarious in itself. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking of like when they both schedule couples counseling and <laughs> <laughs> they both, I don't know how you double book a therapist. Like she doesn't realize that they're, she's scheduling two, <laughs> two sessions, but all of them show up to a couple's therapy. And even in the in a couple session, they're saying like, we love you, me and Bill, we love you. And they're saying that to their wives, a hilarious premise. But the way it was kind of like executed was almost, I couldn't figure out if this was like a deeper thing. Because the name of the movie is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Is this a movie about like old guys not letting go or something like that? I couldn't get what if it was. I'm thinking of like Step Brothers. If it was that vibe, it would have been like this is a moment where you knew you were supposed to laugh. But I I couldn't tell watching it at that point. It's so funny you say Step Brothers, though, because the very beginning. So I was dying at the beginning that Missy was marrying Deacon um, because Missy was first what married to Bill's dad, (laughs) dad, dad, and Al Ted's brother. But it reminded me of the Catalina wine mixer, and I was like, "Is this like Step Brothers at the Catalina wine mixer?" But I totally got Step Brother vibes from in the very beginning of this movie. So that's hilarious. I think you're right, Mikey, that it is face the music. And I think it is a bit about um, a mid- midlife crisis, almost looking back in your life and then coming to terms and kind of reflecting a bit on it because, and but that we love you is very much part of the Bill and Ted previous movie. So if you like in Bogus Journey, I think, will you marry us is I think is, is what is said <laughs> in Bogus Journey. So they, they do that, you know, everything is spoken in unison towards the princesses in particular. And I think you see it with the daughters when they, when they all go dads, it's a common thread. There's quite a few common threads that, that were, that were carried on through all the previous movies. And like, that's why I feel like thematically, it's a pretty tight trilogy, really. You know, things like, things that like don't, don't make it any real practical sense like the future is always 700 years ahead like that doesn't make any sense because you know you could go back in time to any point but it's always 700 years ahead like the way the future are like oh it's going to happen in the next 75 minutes or whatever no mate you could have gone back in time before then <laughs> and doing it that's how time travel works but it's always like 700 years ahead and i'm trying to think of what else the fact and in every single movie bill and ted always have conversations with themselves or a version of themselves so you know those sorts of things um just feel familiar and just mm-hmm. feel like um you're sitting down and having a drink with someone that you haven't spoken to for quite a while but you know all of their little ticks and stuff mm-hmm. so marcy did you what, what were your thoughts at the beginning other than the catalina wine mixer <laughs> <laughs> okay so each movie the princesses are played by different women. So whenever they were at the wedding and they were like, yeah, and our wives. And I was like, who did they marry? And then I was like, oh my God, it was just different actresses. So I was like, 
Oh, it's them. Okay. And I thought I thought the daughters were pretty cute. I especially thought I can't think of her name, but uh the girl that played Billy, that's the first thing I've ever seen her in, but I thought she was really good. Yeah. That- um and I, I like that at the end of Bogus Journey, they have sons, but no. but they are called little Bill and little Ted. Yeah. But just the girls are Bill. so but they're they're different versions of the future of Bill and Ted. So maybe that's an alternate timeline that they have boys instead of girls. But in this timeline, it's girls, but they still are little Bill and little Ted. No, but I, I think it was I think it was just they were called little Bill uh, and little Ted at oh, the end really? of Bogus Journey. I swear they said they were sons, though. But no, maybe and then I think maybe. Ted's okay. dad in this said it was the one who says you used to even call them little Bill and little Ted. Uh, I thought okay. it was, I thought okay. that was really smart like how they um mm-hmm. didn't go with the obvious sons thing because at the end of bogus journey yeah you really do feel like they've had two sons don't you because they do mm-hmm. say they, they do say here's little bill and here's little ted so you presume they're they're, they're boys um you know we've all got daughters here haven't we so <laughs> we're all we're all getting hit in the in the in the cockles with that one that they've got daughters um so yeah and i think um billy was played played by bridget lundy Payne. i don't know what she's been in before but she was doing a spectacular impression of ted i think mm-hmm. i think maybe a bit like what you said mikey it did feel like a bit of an impression but but i think they they sort of i think the first five ten minutes you feel a bit unsure what way is this film gonna go is it gonna be bad is it because it could mm-hmm. this could be bad you've got people doing impressions of bill and ted you've got keanu without his beard you know <laughs> I'm already backing off. Marcy already thinks it's like Step Brothers, so we're not sure. But then I think it does blossom after those first ten minutes, and probably when they hit the the the, the marriage guidance, the couples therapy scene is probably for me when it really sort of kicks into <laughs> gear. And that whole scene is a lot is hilarious. And the yeah, the, the I th- love. Go on. I love Jillian Bell, the who's playing the therapist. Oh, is that, she's hilarious. She's really mm. what she been in. Do you know her? workaholics have you ever seen workaholics the tv show no okay no <laughs> she's she was she was brilliant i loved i loved her i think i i yeah she, i love her and everything she's in but what really got me is when george washington pops up and she's like no 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 and she's screaming <laughs> down the hallway and I, I was dying it was so funny well i love it's like how everyday people encounter a bill ted and the princesses they don't hide any of it they're just like are you time traveling again? Uh, <laughs> and when they refer to them as princesses, and they're like, "No, we really are princesses." We're from, you know, I was yeah. born in fourteen ten. Well, she was born in fourteen oh eight. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just so matter of fact about it, like not not hiding anything. I think it's hilarious. And so, yeah. did you warm warm up to it, Mikey, or not? Yeah, I was. Regardless of what I said about the beginning, as the more screen time I got with the daughters, I started really appreciating it. And as soon as like it started um, dissecting into two different bisecting into two different storylines, because I like how the daughters are the ones that go back this time, this time, and Bill and Ted are the ones going back and having encounters with themselves at, at different timelines. And then they have this robot coming back to kind of stop them. I thought it was all getting goofy in a good way like it became just like fun like let's just go back and get historical musical figures let's have <laughs> encounters with different bill and ted iterations and it just became mm-hmm. like fun and goofy and that's it started to hit its stride i think right in the middle i just love that um whenever so it is really cute that like billy and thea are like we gotta go help our dads and and they start 
you know, time traveling or whatever. Oh, also Kristen Shaw, aka yes. Mabel Pines, oh, is in this yeah. movie. Yeah, so she voices Mabel on Gravity Falls, which I've introduced Mikey to, and <laughs> Dirk is going to watch it one day. But I love her too; she's hilarious, and she is um, Kelly. The yeah, Kelly, the daughter of Rufus, and so I thought it was cute that Rufus had a daughter too. Mm. So it was all daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, she she stays what in the present time, and then the two daughters go back to form the ultimate band and i just thought it was hilarious that Jimi hendrix was like no and like <laughs> shut the door on them so they had to go and get louis armstrong and like louis armstrong's like yeah sure why not let's let's go and i thought that was really funny and then like him playing like you know the trumpet and and that's when Jimi hendrix is like oh it is like louis armstrong's 65 years old they're like well we got him from 1922 and i just i don't know it's super ridiculous but i also like endearing at the mm. same time so i i had a good time with that with them forming the band yeah, it feels like oh. the two daughters are um, doing an excellent adventure, doesn't it? They mm. they do they relive that sort of thing, getting cool figures through time, and I especially love when they get people um, who don't speak English, like Napoleon in the first film, okay, and then Mozart. Yeah, in that's this, what I was. Yeah. Okay, so when you were saying there's like things that happen in previous films that also happen in this, I absolutely love that if you're from a different country you're not like the easy way out would be to have everybody speak english in these movies i love that that's not the case but they just kind of are like yeah like hey whatever and they kind of like mime something and they're like yeah okay and like these people just join them it is it is so freaking funny it's so cute Uh, yeah like napoleon in that first film is hilarious and mozart i feel carries the same sort of energy like when he hears Jimi hendrix playing outside of his um (laughs) whatever his auditorium and his face is just a little bit well that's curious who's playing that and he just gets a little bit too excited about various different things uh, yeah i love that there's no subtitles and then we just have mm-hmm. to figure things out through body language and i think one of the other things that hits me hard about that is just how well cast all the other characters are with such great sort of like um uh, what's the word character actors sorry i've ever said character a few times there but you know <laughs> like the mozart um louis armstrong uh derek not derek dennis <laughs> dennis and like we were saying death death i mean william sadler's not necessarily you know he's pretty famous i guess but like just how good they all are at their little bits well i i want to mention dennis really quick so dennis is played by an actor named anthony kerrigan and he is on the show Barry and he plays the character named Noho Hank and he is my absolute favorite character <laughs> on Barry. So I I just love this man so much. So I, I didn't know it was him at first. Then he started talking and I was like, that really sounds like Noho Hank. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, because it is. Yeah. So that was really fun for me at least. So Dennis is the killer robot sent from the future <laughs> to uh, destroy <laughs> Bill and Ted because some people think actually to unite the world and save reality, they have to kill Bill and Ted. <laughs> And he is just inept and brilliant. I I loved just whenever he would shoot the wrong person and be like, oh. And like kind of look down and be like, oh, oh. oh. Like so totally like didn't know what to do with himself. Like just beside himself with, with killing all these wrong people. Yeah. Oh, mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. And I love I that. Uh, go on, Mikey. I, I think that's three weeks in a row, Barcy has, has mentioned Barry in some capacity. <laughs> Barry is so good. When are you guys gonna watch it? Is my question. So statement only then. You gotta watch it for Noho Hank. He is the best part of the show, hundred percent. But he was great, like because he had all that makeup on as well. So he was doing a lot of acting with his eyes, isn't he? 
he kills everybody basically Derek Derek he keeps saying Derek Dennis this this killer robot he kills everybody and they all end up in hell which is how they handily meet death again but just when he's standing over the edge of hell with uh bill and ted and he's like going yeah i don't know and he's looking up. <laughs> like he just wants to be in their gang it's so brilliant um mm-hmm. and kelly gets to say you named him dennis after my ex uh, <laughs> she was named kelly by the way because george carlin had a daughter named Kelly, so that was like a way to honor him, which I thought was cool. Beautiful. I like how they put him in there, too. Like, even it was like retroactive. Yeah, that one little like cameo. Yeah. yeah. It was a nice little tribute, for (laughs) sure. I do love an ensemble, like that crazy, the crazy cast. And then it it got caught up with me. Like, I was like, yeah, this is what happens. And they get the whole bunch of characters together and have goofy adventures and run into previous versions of Bill and Ted's, which I thought was like, some of that part was getting dark because I mean, yeah, Ted, uh, Bill was well, Ted was drinking too much, and he was yeah. <laughs> I mean, was... Or it it was really funny though. The first time they just go like two years ahead, and um, they start arguing with each other, and they keep like walking down the hallway, turning back around to say something. But I just loved when um, present day Ted said to two years. Uh, in the future, Ted, he's like, you're a dick, Ted. And it just made me laugh so hard because the delivery was so good. Like, yeah. He's going to fight himself. I, I definitely felt that. I definitely would fight myself. I think if I went back in time or forward in time, I'd probably end up in a fight with myself. But it's so funny. Other than like bogus journey with the robot versions of themselves, whenever they would previously run into themselves, it was always like a friendly like meeting. And this was like the first time that like mm. the older versions of themselves like resented the younger versions of themselves. So that was really interesting. And I thought... I like so to me Keanu was just kind of Keanu he wasn't so much Ted like he used to be but Alex Winters was a hundred percent Bill still in this movie for me I don't know if you guys felt the same way but when they were doing their British accents I've never really thought uh Keanu Reeves had a good British accent before I've heard him in some things have you but... seen Dracula Bram Stoker's <laughs> Dracula is that where you yes. got that opinion from well also much ado about nothing mm-hmm. uh so and then but Alex Winters I don't know. It's like in an alternate timeline, was was he Jack Sparrow in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Yeah. <laughs> I, it was really good, I thought. And then I just loved them pretending to be British and that everything was okay. And then they ended up being at Dave Grohl's house. Great cameo. I think, I think uh, yeah. I, you really pick up on the difference between Bill and Ted in this. And I, I think previously they've kind of felt to me they've felt a little bit interchangeable bill and ted like he could i couldn't really mm. tell you what one's opinion was and what and what the other one's opinion is and it's more about their their friendship as an entity rather than the individuals whereas in this i think you see ted is the one who's really tired and bill's quite happy just to keep going and ted's just exhausted and he's fed up and mm. i love the scene when they get back from the wedding and they're in the garage and he's ted's taken off his jacket and he just looks defeated and he's like why are we still doing this? And you get that real sense that they're going through different stages of, I don't know, almost like grief or, or, or something like that. And when they meet their future selves, Teddy's always the one who's suspicious of his future self. And like you said, that line when he calls him, Ted, you're, you're a dick, Ted. Oh, it's <laughs> cracking up. But just like things like when they were being British and they thought they'd got the song off them and Bill was made up and Ted was still like, well, okay then. And Bill's like, why are you always so weird with yourself? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know, but I am weird with myself. I like that they had two slightly different personalities. But equally, Mikey, coming back to what you said, I think that it it feels a bit like Face the Music, 
they're they're learning from their mistakes, but they're not learning from mistakes that they've already made. They're learning from mistakes that they will make in the future, mm. and 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 bringing that back with them to their to enhance their present life. That's what it felt like every single time they saw the future version of themselves. Something terrible had gone wrong, and so they were they were learning <laughs> all all time, and it felt a little bit like psychotherapy. They were getting that. And we saw couples counseling, but they were getting that kind of therapy from having conversations with themselves in the future and seeing what had happened and then trying to learn from that, like cognitive behavioral Mm. therapy or what have you. So I was into it. I was really into that side of things. Yeah, they even had a part where, because I love how the daughters like really uh, love their dads and they like admire Mm. them. And then when they talk to their future selves, they were like, your daughters hate you. And I thought we'd get more of that. And I was like, oh, man, what do they do to yeah. piss their daughters off? And that was a, mm-hmm. more upsetting. By the way, mm-hmm. is that Keanu Reeves real? I mean, he was letting it hang out. Was that really, was he wearing a belly or is that like his belly? I was actually pretty shocked. That's prosthetics. Is it? Come on, okay. he's, he's Come on. John Wick. That's what you I think... thought. I, okay, I was thrown off there. I couldn't tell. You think he murders him. people with pencils <laughs> with that kind of central obesity? No. <laughs> what do you think about the daughter's journey then because i mean i'll be i'll come clean all right i'll come clean right now <laughs> one of the things that tipped me over the edge to finally watch it was reading the cast and seeing samara weaving was mm-hmm. in this movie all right marcy's shaking her head like it's a bad thing we actually <laughs> send no. us messages all the bloody day about andrew garfield <laughs> andrew garfield andrew garfield <laughs> But I can't have one opinion about Samara Weaving. No, no, no. no. Air it in public and be chastised for it. Listen, okay. On my holiday, on my holiday, on my plane ride, uh, since it was like a longer plane ride than Dirk's to wherever he went, um, (laughs) I I actually got to watch movies on my plane. And I started up the new Scream movie. And I, like, my jaw dropped open because guess who's in the very beginning of the new Scream movie? Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving. And I was like, we were just talking about how you were like, so I I actually had to turn that movie off. That is the most violent Scream movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, people getting stabbed, like, 54 times. And I was like, I have the baby in my lap right now. I'm going to turn this off. But she's in the very beginning of it. I think I was laughing. Because it's done by the same people who did uh, Ready or Not. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's, look at you. That's the, look at you. For some reason, I know stuff about Samara Weaving. Who can say what well, that reason is? All right. I, was, should, I don't but, know how you feel about nepotism, but I did read that she got the role because when Keanu saw she was auditioning and she was uh, Hugo's Hugo daughter, Weaving. he was like, oh, I was in the Matrix with him. She's got to be in it. <laughs> there was that bit when um, Kelly just arrives and she's like, dude, it's the future. <laughs> and I was cracking up. I love Samara bloody weaving in this. Um, them, them eating Cheetos was really funny for yeah. some reason. Too. And they, like, they had the Cheeto dust on their fingers. And I don't know. It just was really cute. They mm-hmm. they were really cute together. Yeah. They seem like it's because Alex and Keanu feel like a gen. I think they are friends in real life, too, especially after doing so many of these together. But they, those two felt like genuine friends, mm-hmm. too, if, if that makes sense. Well, the story with Keanu and Alex is apparently they auditioned for the role and they became friends when they were auditioning. They didn't know if they were going to get it. And then they were in it. And then 
Ed Solomon and I forget his name, Chris, Chris Matheson, I think are the two writers of all of the Bill and Ted films. And they were in a line to get some food at McDonald's and there were two lads just japing around and they were like, Oh, wouldn't it be great if they were Bill and Ted? And it was only bloody Keanu and Alex. Wow. Right? Oh my only God. bloody who were, who were going to McDonald's for a bit of food during the auditioning process. That's why so, yeah, they are, they are proper good friends. <laughs> I think definitely. <laughs> I love it. But I think that, I don't know. It, it, it's very easy to hit my emotion buttons when you bring daughters into mm-hmm. it, and daughters, mm-hmm. um, you know, who, who have a good who have a good relationship with their dads, um, especially. And just I feel like the whole idea of this is a little bit like we hear it a couple of times. We hear it with Kelly with her mum, who's the great leader in the future, and Kelly's on the phone and she's saying things like, "You know, I'm trying to save all of reality, mum. It's not like you've." <laughs> doing any good and then we see um in the end when bill and ted realize that actually the the preston and logan who unite the world are actually thea and billy and this and there they say you're not here to back us we're here to back you and it feels like that very much our generation mikey i'm including you with this marcy i'm not sure about (laughs) i basically said you know all of the things that we did that we thought might help don't really seem to have helped mm. very much so now maybe okay it is up to you and we've just got to say well our way didn't work so even though i might not do it your way it's probably going to be have a better chance than the, than what we're doing it felt like that kind of feel <laughs> oh. and i think at the, at the time when i was watching it like coming out of the pandemic and all that all the all the fucking shit that both of our countries and <laughs> lots of other countries have been through in the last um, two, three years. And it just felt like um, it was optimistic um, about future generations. And, and rather than just like, God, we rather than just perhaps sitting around and just thinking, well, it's fucked, isn't it? Well, well, look, we can. Su- and it's like we should support the future generations, not just leave them to it. We should support them in it. But that's what that's what I got from the end. I don't know what you guys felt about it. That's beautiful. I almost wish you directed this movie because that is really what I, <laughs> you know, it it was everybody coming together as a family because it was they hand off, they get the music that they're supposed to play. They get it from their future selves on their deathbeds, I guess, and then they go to this climactic event that they're leading up to where it's seven seventeen and they're going to play the greatest song to unite the world finally, which I think is a running thread throughout. All the movies, is that right? That they did that to even unite from the, the world to unite yeah, the world. Yeah. They unite and, the world somehow. And you think the whole time it's going to be Bill and Ted, and they pass it off. They realize it's their daughters that are supposed to play, and they are supposed to support them, which I thought was great. And even when they were going back in time to um, what they decided to do is get everybody an instrument, and the whole world's going to play with us, and their wives help them with the song they were going to play or even like they say why don't you push they're trying to dial the phone number and one of the wives was like just push the infinity button like don't stop dialing all those numbers so it mm-hmm. did feel like two families working together and what dirk said like it was it, it felt hopeful and optimistic and the world does come mm-hmm. together playing this 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 song because you think like you know all these people that they went back in time to get they're just going to play like an amazing song and everybody's just going to get hopeful but it's everybody playing together which i think is almost religious and it was a great climactic <laughs> ending i really had mm-hmm. no idea like how what are they what's this ending going to be like and it was mm-hmm. cool saturn's <laughs> like making an ellipse uh, an eclipse and it's very like a heavy metal cover album and stuff looking and it, it was a cool mm-hmm. final scene i loved it 
Yeah, I think my only issue is, and it's because I've, I've seen so many movies, is it's at the beginning whenever they're talking to the great leader and they're like 717 Preston Logan's song. And I, as soon as I saw that, I said, it's the daughters. Mm-hmm. And it's not them. I just knew right away. I was like, it's going to be the daughters. It's not going to be them because it just had their last names. It didn't have their first names. And I said, it's, it's, and that's why they're so heavily evolved, like involved in this movie. But I didn't mind that because I thought that was really cute. But I didn't talk about it uh, when we were talking about like what we've been up to, but very similar to that feeling of like everybody coming together. Um, I went to a concert last night. I saw Metric. It was great. Nice. Um, but uh, ever since the pandemic, every show I go to, I just appreciate it mm-hmm. so much. And it feels like everybody that goes to these shows also is on the same wavelength. Um, and I mean, everybody last night was screaming songs, singing together, dancing together. And it was like, that's, I think I going to that concert and then watching this this morning, it was like, yeah, we mm-hmm. kind of have that sometimes with some things like that's what last night felt like for me, like just mm-hmm. everybody coming together for the same mm-hmm. reason. And mm-hmm. I think because we didn't have live shows for so long, you just really, really, really appreciate them. Like you've never had before, or at least that's, that's how I feel with every concert I've been to mm-hmm. since everything kind of started getting a little bit better. So yeah, that's beautiful. That's actually funny. You mentioned the pandemic because this movie got hindered heavily by COVID and it took years for them to try to get this movie made. And when it finally did, it was like 2020 in the middle of it. And I think they were going to do, I think it was a theatrical release and then they were going to simultaneously release it for prime. And it was at that weird era where I think I saw it cost like 25 million to make and I don't, it didn't make its money back for that reason, probably, but hopefully it did now. But it's, it's funny that something that you know what Dirk was alluding to. It took so long for this to get made, and then something like that happens, and finally gets made, and you just can't even kind of reap the the benefit of it. Coming back to the, what we were discussing about Mikey, sort of, you said, you know, what is this amazing song going to be? I think you you kind of when I'm watching these films where somebody's going to have to do something amazing, or like a there's this incredible pop star who releases this awesome song or something. You, I always think, how good is this song going to be? It's probably not going to be that good, and we just have to believe it's supposed to be good for the sake of the narrative. <laughs> so what I really, I really did love that it wasn't the song that was important. It was the fact that everybody was doing it together. So like Marcy at your concert mm-hmm. um, yesterday, you know, they could have played anything, and in in, in a way, not like obviously you're there to a specific band but like if you're at like all right let's say a wedding or something like that it could be any song that comes on and but you're there in that little environment in that cocoon with all of these people and when you all just join in um it is magical it is beautiful isn't it and i think that's a real truth to that and something that music can do instantly because it's 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 familiar and everybody knows what music is and you don't have to sit down and mm. have, you don't have to wait 90 minutes to, to watch a film or something like, I think music has that ability to connect us so much quicker than probably other art forms have. I do love that. And I do yeah. agree with you, Marcy, you knew it was going to be the girls from the beginning, but I don't <laughs> think that, but I don't think that matters. I don't think it's really a big twist. It didn't it's hinder not a it twist. at all. Yeah. I think it's more of a, just an evolution of the story rather than a M night sh- Shalaman type thing you know <laughs> i think it is just uh you know a realization in the story rather than than anything else definitely mm-hmm. can i say one thing that surprised me though so in the very beginning billy and thea are narrating about like you get like a little bit of a flashback 
of the first two movies and then like how they were going to save the world. And then it was like, then the band broke up and I was like, so Bill and Ted aren't together in the band. And then later in the movie, you find out it's because the death left the band. (laughs) Whenever like I, that was dawning on me. I was like, Oh, that's who left the band. That's why it stopped working. Oh my God. And because I loved him so much in the second movie, I'm so happy he came back. for this Yeah. A like career defining performance, and the yeah. and the daughter's knowledge of his music was the reason why. Like they're the one that talked to him, and they're the ones that yeah. reunite the band. I thought that was a really good part. That whole sequence is funny. Love, it's like yeah. penthouse over the, over like hell is funny. But I love the callback to the second because the funniest thing to me in the second one was they're trying to beat him. Bill and Ted are trying to beat him at a game so they can go back to or they can go to heaven so they can go back to Earth and and. The Grim Reaper's like, sure, whatever. So they play Battleship and they beat him. And he's like, best two out of three. And so they have to keep playing. And then he keeps saying like, best whatever out of whatever. And they keep going and they keep playing different games like Twister (laughs) and stuff. So whenever they first see him and he's playing Hopscotch by himself and he's like, best 75 out of 81, I was dying (laughs) because that was my favorite part of the second one. I was like, oh my God, he's still doing it. But he's just like all lonely and by himself doing it. So it was so good. It's, what a great what a great character death is in this mm-hmm. in this i think i was i'd forgotten how good he was until i watched bogus journey recently but he's hilarious he's absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious i don't even know what accent he's doing what voice <laughs> is it that german is. it I sounded think, german to yeah, me, but just, i don't know <laughs> just just all of it beautiful all of it i'm trying to think if there's anything else in, is there anything else in that you guys want to talk about yes we'll one really it. quick thing that also made me laugh so hard Kid Cuddy explaining time travel <laughs> in the multiverses. I was dying. I was just like, this is incredible stuff. And they're like, we got four minutes, Kid Cuddy. You better hurry it up and tell us more about this. And it was so good. What a random oh person to be in, in a Bill and Ted movie, Kid Cuddy. Kid, Kid Cuddy is now an actor, though. He was just an ex. And uh, what was it? Was he in Don't Look Up? too i feel like he might have been but he's becoming a movie star now all thanks to bill and ted i guess (laughs) maybe yeah yeah (laughs) i think i think for me the the final thing is i I feel like the franchise really um has grew up grown up with its audience i think you know when Mm -hmm. i was when it first came out i was probably about whatever 15 i can't work it out exactly in my head probably something like that 14 um and that, you know, how Bill and Ted were was probably similar to, not exactly, but, you know, you had that mindset. You were quite childish and, you know, didn't take anything seriously. But it's definitely kind of grown up along the way. And all right, it's been like 20 odd years since now that we've got this last one. But it feels like a proper, like, this is what would happen. They're all right. This Like Alex Winter is still talking like Hulk Hogan. But <laughs> they have a different outlook and they have a different attitude. And actually, as as I was saying before, I really do feel like compared to the first two films, it's much more inclusive and it's much more wide ranging in terms of um, focus point on characters and stuff like that. So I, I really, really warm to this film, at, probably after the first 10 minutes of, of fear uh, that it was going to be bad. But then after all of that, I was seatbelt on, strapped in, having a good time. Yeah, I agree. Contrary, contrary to what I said about in the beginning where I felt like a cash grab or something, it felt very much a great bookend to this. It felt like a trilogy now. It wasn't like a movie mm. made for nostalgic reasons or money-making reasons. It felt like a story that works with the with the other two movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you 
both remember, but I sent you um, an interview that Alex and Keanu did with Sean Fennessy, but it's a really short interview, but it's, it's really cute to listen to. Um, but basically like, I don't think this was a cash grab at all either. I think they both, especially Keanu, he doesn't have to come and make a movie like this anymore, but they both wanted to come back. They both felt like they, there was a story to tell here. And I don't think I, I honestly, Alex Winters too. I, I think he's like big into directing now. I don't think either one of them would have come back unless if there was like a really good reason to, and not for money, but you know, to actually make a good decent mm. movie. I didn't mm. know that's what he was doing too in the set. I read something that he was, he actually took an acting class just to get back into acting to, to like do his <laughs> role because he kind of hasn't in so long. I thought Keanu mm-hmm. did a good, like they felt like an older version of their younger selves too. I thought to mm. be able to do that because he, Keanu, like you said, he could be like, I'm not doing this. Come on. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, people are like imitating it and stuff, but he embraced <laughs> it. I like the yeah. prison, the prison suits they wore too. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> lovely marcy thank you <laughs> well there we go uh bill and ted face the music right unless anybody else wants to say anything else good pick once no. again you guys spoke beautifully uh, even fine. even I a movie like bill and ted this is like i'm yeah. Yeah. even though like I'm, i feel like i'm a band member uh, in mm. his favorite band and i get to play along with my favorite band because it's it's even something like this it becomes such a deeper movie when I listen to you guys, I, so I appreciate it. I think this is a, a controversial opinion, but I think this is a trilogy that each film gets slightly better um, for me. I think it does get slightly better. Maybe that's because I think there's a couple of couple of flaws in the first two films that make me just feel a little bit like, ah, oh, wish that wasn't in there. Whereas this this <laughs> one is doesn't have anything like that, and it's still as hopeful, um, and it, and it sort of combines the first two. So is this the only trilogy that steadily gets better as each film goes on? Who can say? Who can John say? John Wick. Mm, that's debatable as well, isn't it? That is debatable. That's a quadrilogy. That's a quadrilogy. There's four mm-hmm. movies now, so that doesn't. I, would, I mean, I would argue that the first twenty minutes of that first John Wick film are the greatest in all of cinema history. Mm. So how can you beat that? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But it's a good shout, Mass. <laughs> Just on the Keanu, you mm-hmm. know, bus mm-hmm. right now. So. <laughs> Well, this is the point in the movie mixtape where we pick songs to go along mm. with our mixtape movie for our mixtape playlist. And does anybody want to go first, particularly? I'll just go because I kind of was already talking about it. So I I knew just from last night I was going to be picking a metric song because <laughs> it just was such an unreal time last night. Also, I've I've waited 14 years to see metric and I finally got to see them last night. And well, well worth the wait. In the middle of the show, they actually played my favorite song. I was not expecting them to play my favorite song at all. Um, and I was screaming it and everybody was screaming it. And it was just nice to see how much everybody else loves that song as much as I do. And so it made me think like that's the one I wanted to go with because like I was saying, like it reminds me of the end of this movie where just everybody coming together. So my pick is uh, Gimme Sympathy by Metric. And also, like, the chorus kind of makes you think of this a little bit, like this movie, because it goes, like, Gimme Sympathy, like, after all of this is done, who would you rather be, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? I can feel it in my bones. Gimme sympathy. After all of this is gone. Who would you rather be? Beatles or the Rolling Stones 
band would you want to be? How do you even choose and like sing me a song or something? So I don't know. It just made me all think about this movie. And I love that song so much. So that's my pick. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I feel like Metric are a band that I, I need to listen to a bit more and I'd really like, but I've, I've not would. listened to loads of their music. Just the bits I have, I do like, but I just need to do mm-hmm. a deep dive. I'm surprised. <laughs> yes. That's straight up your alley, Dirk. And I will say the answer to that question is easy. Uh, yeah. Because the Rolling Stones are the most overrated band of all time, so it's definitely like, <laughs> no, it's not very hard. Who would want to be the Rolling Stones? I feel Stones? it's the other way no. around. Rolling Stones are yeah. garbage. I don't care who. I don't I care if we lose audience Stones. members out I think there. The other one is very overrated. Oh my god! So. All right, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dirk has heard me say this before, so that's why he's not totally outraged right now. So. I'm just <laughs> staying out of it. Shall I go, or Sim- you want to go, Mikey? I'll go. Similarly to what. Marcy was saying earlier about coming together, and, and Dirk, you said it, but I, I'm not going to be able to do this justice, but I was thinking about this song that they have to play at the, quote-unquote, the end of the world, and you get a chance for one song, and I was trying to think of something, what would the be the unifying song that the whole world's supposed to hear. Jimi Hendrix is in this movie. When he plays the Star Spangled Banner at, at Woodstock, um, I remember hearing it as like a kid, and it being like haunting, and it's like Obviously, it's galvanized by like the protest to the Vietnam War, and um, it's an interesting time. It's probably like the '60s were like the worst decade in American history, probably. And it, it's what sucks that 1969 coming out of it. I don't know. There's something about playing that song where it it feels very much like the end of the world is happening at that time, and that song gets kind of chaotic, like the end of the climax of this movie, but. He ends it very crisp and almost hopeful to me. That's how I interpret it. I'm sure people interpret it different ways, but it's almost like it's hopeful and it's like we are in this together. You know, it's not like a, it's not a patriotic song, but like at the end, it's almost like it kind of unifies everybody. We're going to get through this. And then they go into like uh, Voodoo Child, I think is the next song. And, and you know, then we enter at least the United States goes into the 70s and things kind of like get better, maybe. Um, so I'm picking <laughs> I'm picking the Star Spangled Banner from Woodstock for that reason. So that's awesome, Dur- or, uh, Mikey, because you know how you said like it sounds like the world's ending, like in the very beginning of it. That is the beginning song in Zombieland. Whenever you see all the zombies attack, that's the first song in the movie. Oh, I thought it was For Whom the Bells Told. For Whom the Bells Told. No, that's what they play after. Like, when it first starts, whenever he's oh, doing the narration, wow. that's in the background. Oh, wow. Interesting. Because it's, it's the president, U.S. president's mm-hmm. limo flipped over, and you see an American flag, and that's what's playing in the background. And then it goes For Whom the Bells Told. Wow. Why don't we do the Emma Stone mm-hmm. mix, by the way? That's what I want to know. I know. We've already Please. done Zombieland, though. So we can't do that. That's under the counter <laughs> stuff. Well, I'm just going to um, put the cards out on the table. That as of recording this, we've been putting these songs up on our IG vote to be voted on, and so far I have not won a single round, <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to win it again with this. Based on that description by Mikey, I think Mikey's winning this one. Good pick, Mikey. No offense, Marcy. Um, but I am going to go for one of Bill and Ted's favorite bands. I'm going to go for Iron 
Maiden. And I know a Do you? Yeah. (laughs) 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 And and I'm I'm not sure this is what Bruce Dickinson had in mind when he when he came up with this song, but because this film, Face the Music, is about daughters, I'm going to go for the Iron Maiden song, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. Not the pick I was thinking of. No, there we go. That's my pick. <laughs> Iron Maiden. So, um, if you uh, have, you know, if you really like to get involved in social media, why don't you check our Instagram? Because the weekend after we post this episode, you can vote on which one of those songs is your favorite. And also, if you read show notes, you can just have a look and click and it'll take you to the playlist in Spotify of all these songs collected, which is a really nice listen. It's a really nice listen. If you have ever travelled back in time to get Louis Armstrong <laughs> to join your band, then why don't you write into us? Our email address is themoviemixtapepod at gmail.com. And I mentioned Instagram before, and our address on there is the underscore movie mixtape on there. But emails is what we're bothered about now. Emails, that's that's our currency. And we have got some emails. We've got some Marcy. Marcy looks so surprised at that. <laughs> um, two reasons. She has no faith in this podcast as a vehicle for, no, for I just popular never interaction. And two, she never checks. She never it's checks. just number two. It's just number two. Right. Is it so, Marcy's cousin? Marcy's cousin wrote in? Already. None of your relations have written in, Marcy. If you're listening, Marcy's relations, we do encourage it. Okay. Uh, this is from Tim Hamilton. Oh, oh Tim. Host, co host, I should say, of the SETI Bimco podcast, part two, The Revenge. Have you been listening to their part two episodes where they come up with <clears throat> sequels? Very good stuff. Uh, always <laughs> funny. And, and always includes a little cartoon at the end of his emails. I think that's his mm-hmm. email signature because he's a cartoonist. He's, he's a very famous cartoonist. We have famous people listen to this show. Hello, all. Glad you are back and happy to hear Mikey P is part of your new lineup this season on ABC. Mm-hmm. That must be an American <laughs> TV channel. <laughs> Especially glad it's Mikey, as it was rumored that Mr. Cablasto was in the running to get the third seat. I mean, that's a bit hypocritical because they have Cablasto on all the time. So don't you be talking to me, Tim, just because we have Cablasto in here. Um, he is well known as a prima donna to work with, as well as a person who leaves the bathroom a mess. I, ne- I never saw The Secret of the Years, but enjoyed your turtle love. Welcome back, Tim Hamilton. Ooh. Thank Aww. you, Tim. Tim's, yeah. our, Tim's our first guest on the turtle pod. <laughs> Where are the turtles? With Tim Hamilton. Le- Where are the turtles? <laughs> Little did you know, this is already the turtle pod. <laughs> if you highlight a certain area on, on our uh, Spotify account and, and double click, it just says turtle pod. Thanks, Tim. You're always welcome writing into this show and always grateful for your beautiful, beautiful emails. And um, But people should check out uh, Seti Bimco. I'll, yes, I- also... With Seti Bimco and Cablasto, they're covering Mac and Me. Oh, yeah. 
and Paul Rudd's gonna make an appearance. Mm-hmm. And they, they just as a Conan O'Brien joke, Dirk will not get it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't fucking get it. <laughs> Lads. <laughs> And they also, Mikey, they also just did um, the David Hasselhoff sort of TV movie of Nick Fury, Agent of Steel. Yeah. I mm-hmm. want to watch it. Yeah, I want to watch it. I listen, yeah. They made me really want to watch it. I was like, this sounds really good. I want to watch it. <laughs> um, next um, email from another friend of ours who also has a, a new podcast just come out. This Whoa. is uh, yeah, our friend Dime. What's his podcast called, Whoa. Marcy? You know it. Oh, who's, who's your superhero? Your... Mm-hmm. What's it about, Marcy? <laughs> it's about superhero movies. So Dime's first episode just came out the other day, and he covered Blade from 1998. Uh, very fun episode. And his next episode will be on Spawn, which he has never seen before. Oh. But hey, full circle, speak. Speaking of Secret of the Ooze, we were talking about Michael J. White because mm-hmm. he's yeah. in that really quick. And I mentioned Spawn, and and now here we are. So, haha. Spawn is a great movie. I hope Dime liked it. Anyway, here's his email. Hey, hey, hey. Coming through to send my love via email to this amazing podcast of my wonderful friends. I want to say again that your After Sun episode was incredible. It was very touching, heartfelt, and lovely. The talking points you all made was real. And it was great to see that mother-father point of view from your own children when relating to the movie. Second, I want to say um, is give or say or do is give a shout out to Mikey, definitely one of the best artists out there. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The artwork he does are all masterpieces. Third, so I can wrap this up as a shout out to my friends Dirk, Marcy, and Mikey. These are three terrific and beautiful people who I can't wait to see one day. Oh boy, this email is getting long. Didn't we? Didn't mean for it to go for it to, but then again, I'm still typing. Okay, bye. <laughs> Jeez. Wow, geez. I love it. I love the bye and the hey, 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 hey. I, I love it. I'm, I love it all. I, so, uh, some behind the curtain stuff. I actually have plans to Whoa. meet up with our dear friend Bex and Dime in in a couple months. Whoa. So, yeah. Look at that. It's the what first we're hearing about it, isn't it? Yeah, Michael? thanks for, thanks yeah, for the invite. It is the uh, first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Dime, thank you for that email. And thank you. We yeah, love thank you, you very much. Yeah, and so. congratulations on your new podcast, yeah. Dime. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for the Spawn episode. <laughs> I bloody love Spawn, me. <laughs> I bloody love Spawn. I'm going to include a link to Dime's podcast in the show notes as well, as well as Seti Bimco. He is a great podcast and superhero movies. I mean, they're right in our wheelhouse. I think all three of us enjoy superhero movies, do we not? Mm. Hey, do we not? Do we not? Yeah, yeah, we do. Well, there we go. That's the end of the emails. Um, Do we have anything more, Mikey? One more email we got from... uh, This is a voicemail. Here we go. Movie mixtape. This is your fellow tape deck alum. (laughs) We're not tape deck. (laughs) Uh, JLB, Jonesy, many more monikers, uh, (laughs) or which are inappropriate for me to list. A couple things. He's in Uh, the stroke. Congratulations to Marcy on her beautiful baby. Uh, I don't think I got a chance to say that out loud yet. Uh, Congratulations to Dirk Feelgood, uh, the UK's. 
best British imported wrestler since the uh, British right. Bulldog. <laughs> uh, big fan of that fella. Met him once or twice in person, maybe just once. Don't fact check me. <laughs> and uh, congratulations on the huge pickup of uh, America's favorite Michael P. Some call him Mikey. I just call him friend. Oh, no. uh, just wanted to chime in about your episode Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 The Secret of the Ooze uh, As I was listening to your episode I had a, a like a waking moment like a, like a real life movie flashback Of watching this movie And thinking That if I were to ever Get into a, a ninja fight <laughs> In a nightclub <laughs> that now I have this untenable expectation <laughs> that the musical act would be so inspired <laughs> by my kung fu that they would make up a rap or whatever their genre is on the top of their heads to support me uh, through the battle and how that felt so right as a young boy watching this movie and now at 41... How ridiculous! How is that the most ridiculous thing <laughs> that happens in a teenage movie? Oh my God. Uh, I loved it. I think as an older fella, uh, I like the first one more. Mm -hmm. I think I drugged my mother, rest in peace. Uh, she's probably spitting in her grave uh, to see the third one in theaters, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure she did not like, but she, of course, uh, acquiesced and took me. Uh, though I think that's the only time I've ever seen it. Hmm. Uh, do they go back in time as samurai in Japan or some such? I can't remember. Yes. Uh, yes but I do have a fond memory uh, for the second <laughs> film. This voicemail is already too long. Uh, your no. thoughts on Ninja Ninja Rap <laughs> and why that wasn't the trendsetter of every action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from that point forward. Mm -hmm. I love you all. Uh, I'll speak to you soon. Congratulations on the show. Take care. Love you, Jonesy. Oh, Jonesy. We love you, Jonesy. I'm... We love you, Jonesy. <laughs> Did you say he That's drugged his mom? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, he said he drugged his drug. mom. But then I thought, <laughs> I, I, I thought, what, with pills? You drugged your mom with pills? But he meant drug, dragged. He dragged. might have had to because that third movie was trash. <laughs> so, but just saying. Yeah, and also, I... if, uh, if Jonesy Loves Beer ever gets into a fight, in a nightclub, we know who's walking out of the winner in that one. We, you know, the he, he is yeah. the Wing Chung co-host of <laughs> Twin Vipers. <laughs> that is a podcast about action movies, martial art movies. I guess we're including that in the show notes now as well, aren't we? Heck yeah, we are. I feel, yeah. I feel like we've been graced by absolute um, podcasting stars tonight yeah, with wow. Tim Dime and now the Podfather. Jonesy loves beer. Yeah, if I could turn back time five years ago and I think that Jonesy loves beer is going to leave a voicemail message talking about me, I'm pinching myself. Oh, no. Yeah, you wouldn't believe it, would you? Mm -mm. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it, even if a, a future version of you came back in time in a phone booth to tell you that that happened. <laughs> you would say, no, you must be bad robot versions. You must be a bad robot version of me. <laughs> All right, how about this? If we ever cover the third Turtles movie, Jonesy has to be on for it. So, Well, you've written it now. You've written it in stone. We can't change it. That's going to happen because yep. we are the official <laughs> T 
Turtles podcast. Where, where are the Turtles podcast? We already booked them for our <laughs> forefathers podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Jonesy, thank you so much, man. I can't believe you actually thank sent that you. in. That is so amazing. Thank you, Josie. Thank you. But yeah, I think that's it now, isn't it? Well, I say that's it. We've had bloody loads of them this week, Ooh. haven't we? Yeah. Well, loads mm-hmm. of those. And we're grateful for every single one. Just if you want to be cool, like all those people, just do it, man. Just do it. <laughs> Email in, voicemail in the movie mixtape pod at gmail.com. But now we are leaving our vacation mixtape in the distance. It's an isolated suitcase going around the carousel, <laughs> left alone, ownerless, because we're moving on. What is the next mixtape, Marcy? Because it's your idea. <laughs> They're all my idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> such an evil laugh. Uh, so there are some very big anniversaries of very amazing movies this year. So we are going to do an anniversary mix. And since Dirk got the uh, martini... I don't know what I don't know the whole verbiage of whatever just happened the last <laughs> But Dirk got the extra pick. So now we're gonna go follow that order, which means Mikey goes first. So Mikey is gonna start with nineteen eighty three and then we'll go up ten years throughout that mix. So Mikey, nineteen eighty three, uh that'll be a forty year anniversary of a film. What have you selected for us? You're right. That is a big anniversary year for one particular movie that immediately when I think of 1983, I think of this movie. However, I don't think I can pick it. I think I would Mm. be kind of going on and on and on about a lot of behind the scenes stuff. (laughs) I've seen this movie a million times. I could be doing a specific laugh the whole episode. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. you can just do it. You can just do it regardless of what movie. I mean, We'll see what happens. We can make that a soundbite and sell it as ringtones to, to our fan base. <laughs> I'm not going to pick Return of the Jedi as much as I want to. As much as I want you to. You heard it first. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk about how they didn't like anything the director was doing and George Lucas ended up getting a divorce throughout the movie and everything. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to... I went to a movie that I was about to pick and then five minutes before the movie, I looked at the runtime and it was 191 minutes and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you guys. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Dirk would have quit like live. Oh, that's what, right that's now. I'm trying to keep the show together. Uh-huh. This movie is on at least one of your watch lists I see on Letterboxd. And I chose to do 1983's Terms of Endearment. <gasps> I mean, that's a ma- oh, Marcy's watch list. Yeah, <laughs> that's on my watch list. I am excited. <laughs> I've never seen it. I haven't either. This is exciting. I haven't either. Oh, Dark, have you seen yeah. it? This is like right up my alley. I've not seen it, Mikey, no. Okay, interesting. So there we go. So here we go. Oh, this here we cool. go. Have this you seen it, Mikey? Cool. No, I haven't either. It's one of those that, you know, I always hear. You always, I've heard this title maybe a hundred million times. I get it confused <laughs> with other. I get it confused with Steel Magnolias, I think, all the time. So I think I'm I think it's time. <laughs> I'm so, very excited. So this, you're going off book because normally we pick movies we've already seen that we know we love, mm-hmm. and you have gone off book here. Yeah. So we have we 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 better bloody love this movie, otherwise the whole um <laughs> no IP be of this pod all <laughs> the, the whole of IP of this podcast is down the tubes. Mm-hmm. So you you have put you have put us on on watch right now. 
Okay. <laughs> so what's going to happen when we do Terms of Endearment in about two weeks' time? Who can say? We do a surprise Return of the Jedi episode <laughs> instead. <laughs> Bonus. A Send correction. A to each other. 1983 correction. Yep. Panic, panic, panic. We need red to alert, do Jedi. We need to do Jedi. But can't wait. Can't wait to watch that. Can't wait to talk to you. Very excited. Two guys yeah. Again next two guys, week. Guys, thank you. Yeah. Because it's a dad pod. Thank you so much. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Well, bye then. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Stay excellent to each other. Stay excellent to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Suck on that, you sucker dudes. Mixtape is a podcast hosted by Marcy, Dirk and Mikey P. Our art is by Mikey P and all the episodes are edited by Dirk and Marcy. Our logo comes from Iron Tooth Design. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore movie mixtape. <laughs> I'm pulling apart. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>